Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord. You are the word that lives and abides in us. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. A couple of weeks ago, I started on remember. Remember you not the former things. Neither consider the things of old. Behold, I do a new fresh thing. And that fresh thing's still going on. And he said, don't remember the past. But I want to tell you something. He said, remember, don't remember. You said the past and the future are coming together. The past, don't remember no more. But remember what he's done for you. I want to talk about remembering what he's done for you because, you know, fear is, is tied up in, in the unbelief. Faith, faith and fear are the two opposites. Faith and fear. Enemy tries to put fear that robs you of your breath, the Holy Spirit. Faith energizes you. And there's two different sources where this stuff's coming from. That's why we've got to remember. Remember what he's done for you and don't forget him. Don't forget God. I don't have it in my notes, but Psalms 106, I think, said that they, they forgot God. And then something happened. They remembered God. They remembered God. And God was gracious to them. And then they forgot God. And, and then they remembered God again. I don't know, about three times or four in that chapter, talking about how they'd forget God. And then all this catastrophe would happen. And then they remembered God. And then he'd be gracious. So we don't want to forget you know, it's a sad thing, but we got to contend for the faith that was once given to us. Holding fast the beginning of our confidence, how long? Steadfast to the end. Because the enemy, the trying of your faith, the enemy wants to take his faith out of you and give you fear in its place. And you got to guard that with everything within you. And we're going to talk about remember, remember the Lord, remember what he's done. You know, he said, if any man is in Christ, you know, right there when he said, remember you not the former things, neither consider the things of old. I do a new thing. That's 2 Corinthians 5, 17. It's right there in your margin. If any man is in Christ, he gets a fresh start, the message says. A brand new start. Old is gone, the new is here. You got to concentrate all the time on the new, not the old. Do not remember the past. Do not remember the former. Concentrate on who you are, your identity in Christ, because the enemy wants to take that from you. You know, in Isaiah, uh, in Nehemiah chapter 4, we got this verse here. It says, it came to pass that Sambalat, which is, we know, Satan, when they built the wall, he was angry and took great indignation and mocked the Jews. And he spake before the brethren, the army of Samaria, and said, what do these feeble Jews do? Will they fortify themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they make an end in the day? Will they revive stones out of heaps of rubbish, woo, which are burned? Yes, that's God's favorite thing is to revive burnt stones. We call it exchange. All a burnt stone needs is exchanging. And he says, now Tobiah the Ammonite was by him and said, even that which they built, if a fox go up, it didn't break down their stone wall. Hear, O God, for we are despised. Turn their reproach upon their own heads. Give them for a prey in the land of captivity and cover not their iniquity and let not their sin be blotted out from before you. For they have provoked you to anger before the builders. So we built the wall and all the wall was joined together into half thereof for the people had a what? Where did they get it? He gave it to them. But it came to pass that when Sinbalat and Tobiah and the Arabians and Ammonites and Ashdodots, Ashdodots, they like that, Dennis. 
heard that the walls of Jerusalem were made up and that the breaches began to be stopped, they were very angry. That's what makes Satan mad when you start getting revelation from God. And conspired all of them to come together to fight against Jerusalem to do what? To hinder it. They're hindering spirits. Nevertheless, we made prayer unto God and set a watch against them day and night because of them. And Judah said, the strength of the bearers of the burden is decayed. And there's much rubbish so that we're not able to build. And our adversaries have said, you don't want to be quoting what your adversaries say. Come on now. It says, they shall not know, neither see, till we come into the midst of them and slay them and cause the work to cease. What was that rooted in? Fear. All right, let's keep going. came to pass that when the Jews which dwelt by them came and said ten times, from all the places whence you return unto us, they will be upon you. Therefore I set a watch in the lower places behind the wall, on the higher places, and I even set people after their families with their swords and their spears and their bows. And I looked and rose up and said to the nobles and the rulers and the rest of the people, Be not afraid of them. Do what? Remember the Lord. It doesn't matter what's going on in the world. It doesn't matter what's happening. Remember the Lord. Why did he say remember the Lord? Because we have a tendency to want to forget. Remember the Lord, which is great and terrible, and fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, your houses. And it came to pass when the enemy, when the enemy heard that we, it was known of us and how God brought their counsel to naught, that they returned all to the wall, every one of his work, came to pass from that time forth, and it talks about they built the wall, and, and the, the enemy got upset. Well, I think we're here to make the enemy upset. Are, are we here to make the enemy upset? Yes. You know, Psalms 20, verse 7 says, Some trust in chariots and some trust in horses, but we will remember the Lord our God. You remember he said, Woe unto them that go down to Egypt and trust in the shadow of Egypt. And he says the, the, the Egypts are, the horses are flesh and not spirit. And he talks about the, the futility of trust, trusting flesh and blood. Cursed is a man that what? Trust in man. That makes flesh his strength and his heart departs from the Lord. Psalms 42, 6. Oh my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of Jordan. What's the answer to depression? Remember the Lord. Don't stay in that depressed state. Remember the Lord. You remember Jesus said so many times, Matthew 16, verse 5 through 12, he talks about, Oh, ye of little faith, when they didn't take bread. He says, Why are you reasoning among yourself because you have no bread? Do you not understand? Neither do you remember. See, it's important for us to be able to remember what he's done for us. You can forget all the other stuff, but don't forget what he's done for you. See, the world wants to take all of that away from us so you can't remember what he's done for you. And that's the, the fastest road to unbelief you can get under. He, says, he said, do you not understand or remember the five loaves and the 5,000 and how many baskets you took up? Neither the seven loaves or the 4,000, how many baskets you took up? How is it? He was asking a question. You don't understand. He said, I'm not talking about bread. I'm talking about the leaven of the Pharisees. What is that leaven of the Pharisees? Beware of that leaven. It's unbelief. It's the thing that wants to rob you of your faith. And he said, get a hold of that. And, and Luke one sixty seven and on, it says, Remember God's holy covenant, the oath which he swore to the, our father Abraham. 
And you remember when Luke 17, when he talked, talks there about in the day when the Son of Man is revealed or, or lifted, he says, when he's revealed. He says, in that day, <clears throat> he which shall be on the housetop and his stuff in the house, let him not come down and take it with him. He that's in the field, let him not return back. He said, remember Lot's wife. Why do we have memorials? Why do we have remembrances? Why is that? So we don't forget. Why do we do communion every month? So we don't forget. This do in remembrance of what? Of me, the author and the finisher of our faith. See, and that's what's so important to stay focused. And it's not your faith, it's his faith. The author and finisher of faith is what the scripture said. And if you got any, he gave it to you. And if you don't have any... You're deceived because he gives to every man what? His measure of faith. And faith works by what? Love. What does fear work by? Fear. Fear and unbelief. So we got to see that what he's trying to do is take that away. And that's why we got to see, remember Lot's wife. Then he, what did he say? Next thing, he that seeks to save his old soul will lose it. But he that loses his soul will find it. Isn't that what he says? He that loses his soul will find it. That really, that word preserved there, remember we talked about that word? It's to to engender new life. The word preserved is rebirth. If you'll let the old die, he'll give you a brand new one. Old is gone, the new has come. We've got a brand new life. (laughs) Acts chapter 20, when Paul was preaching to the elders, he said, I have not shunned to carry unto you the whole counsel of God. Therefore, he says, watch and remember that by the space of three years, I cease not to warn you day and night. Remember, three years I warned you day and night to watch what's happening. See, that's why remembering is so important. You know, we come against that spirit of forgetfulness last two weeks ago. A lot of people was getting deliverance, and I, I, I needed some deliverance. But see, we need to forget those things we don't need to remember How many of you don't have any problem remembering things you shouldn't be remembering? Let me see those hands. But how many of you at times have a problem remembering other things that you should be remembering? I think there's an enemy at work there. So we got to remember that thing. And, And that's why he said to remember from the space of three years, I cease not to warn you day and night with tears. And he said to them there that, you know, even of yourselves will men arise speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. After them. That was the first church split right there among the elders. Second Peter 1, 12 and 13, it says, Wherefore I will not be negligent to always put you in remembrance though you know these things and be established in this present truth. I'm going to remind you day and night as long as I'm in this body. See, we got to be reminded. Remember the Lord. That's what Nehemiah was saying. Remember the Lord. And then he said in verse 15 there in Peter, Moreover, I will endeavor that after my decease to have these things always in your remembrance. Why is it I talk about exchange all the time? You know, some people say, when are we going to go on past exchange? There is nothing past exchange. We've got to get it till we get it, till we live and move and breathe exchange life, till we have the new life. We've got to have it. Second Timothy, I think it's 2.10 and 
says, of these things, put them in remembrance, charging them before the Lord that they strive about with words of no profit, but the subverting of the hearing. The message says, repeat the basic essentials over and over to God's people. Warn them before God against pious nitpickers, which chip away at your faith. It just wears everyone out. Nitpicking all the time, it just wears you out. Jude one five says, I will therefore put you in remembrance, though you once knew this. See, how many times did Paul talk about, remember, remember, how that the Lord, having saved people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not. And the angels, which kept not their first estate, but left their habitation, hath he reserved in everlasting change under the darkness into the judgment of that great day. Fallen angels are held in eternal darkness and can't escape. But beloved, he says, what Paul said, I'm persuaded better things of you, things that accompany salvation. So we thus speak. God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love. Amen? We're not of those that do what? That draw back. But those that believe to the saving of the soul. Hallelujah. You know, as I was thinking about it this week, you know, in, in Deuteronomy chapter 25, verse 17, God said, he says, I remember what Amalek did unto you by the way. When you came forth, how he met you by the way and smote the hindermost part of you, even all that were feeble behind thee, when you were faint and weary, and he feared not God. Therefore, it shall be when the Lord your God hath given you rest from all your enemies round about in the land which your Lord God have given you for an inheritance to possess it. And Isaiah 32 says, The work of righteousness shall be peace, the effect of righteousness, quietness, and assurance forever, and my people shall dwell in a peaceable habitation and quiet resting places. He said, When I give that to you, then you shall blot the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. Thou shalt not forget it. Blot out Amalek forever. Amalek, was a descendant of Esau, the flesh. He was, Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated. God said, he was the first terrorist, Amalek. That's what he was. I think they, they called him, uh, what do you call that thing? Uh, well, it's Isis, there's terrorists. That's what they were. They'd sneak behind and pick off the weak ones. And God said, I hate that thing that's doing that. And that was the first one that would sneak behind there. And, you know, he said, I want him blotted out. His name, and I want you to think here with me. Where am I going with this? As we go through this, I want you to be thinking. God said, no flesh is going to glory in his presence. There's an Amalek living in all of us that's born of the flesh. And it's always trying to pull you out of your place of faith in the Lord. He's always, because he's not subject to God, and he never will be. And his work is to, to get you to focus on self instead of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's always at work. That's why he's trying to tell us something here. When you come into that new creation place, I want that thing utterly blotted out of your memory. I don't want the thing to be there anymore in your mind. Because we have the mind of Christ. Let this mind, if you are risen with Christ, let this mind be in you which is also in Christ. Let it. We have a choice which mind we want to let operate in us. 
That's why we have 2 Corinthians 10, 5, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. We don't have to have that kind of thinking in our lives. None of us can stop it from coming, but we can stop it from staying. It has no dominion over us anymore. He said, I want the thing utterly destroyed. Now, when God chose Saul, you know, it says of Saul, said they wanted a king like everybody else, and God gave them Saul. And it said, when Saul turned to go away from Samuel, that God turned him into another man and gave him another heart. He was God's man. Okay? But what did he choose to do? He went back. The root of Saul was rejection and fear of rejection. He was so afraid they had to find him when they set him up as king because he was hiding of fear of rejection. So what happened? God said the first thing God told Saul as king, Thus saith the Lord God of hosts, I remember what Amalek, this is 1 Samuel 15, 1 and 2, did to Israel, how he laid wait for him in the way, terrorist, when he came from Egypt. Now go and spite Amalek and utterly destroy all they have. Spare them not, and slay both man, woman, infant, suckling, ox, sheep, camel, ass. Do not spare anything. And what did they do? They spared the best to sacrifice to the Lord. They sacrificed and kept the king, Agag, to sacrifice. I've obeyed the voice of the Lord. You remember God said, it repents me that I have made Saul king because he's not following my instructions. And I want you to see, this is why it's so important. We have the cross before us all the time to remind us that that old thing was crucified with Christ, that that body of sin might be disannulled, unemployed, that we don't serve that thing anymore. That thing's a permanent reminder for us to realize we don't live that way anymore. We're a new creation in Christ Jesus. That's why it's there for us to remember that's not who we are, that's who we were. Don't remember that. And then verse 26 of Isaiah 43 said, Put me in remembrance of what I've done. Put me in remembrance. Let's plead together. Remind me of what I've done for you. Sometimes we need to be reminded of what's going on. But he says how he utterly destroyed. And and he said, Do not spare them. The devil will come and tell you there's something in you that's still good. There's a little good in every one of you. You know, you're not all that bad. Well, you know, I want to remind you one other thing. There's two sources in this world. One's Satan, one's God. There's no middle ground. The, the world wants to tell you, you're in the middle. Satan's here and God's over here and you're in the middle. And you're not that bad. I want to tell you, you don't find that in Scripture. That's right. Jesus said, you're either your father the devil or you're of God. And there's nothing good in that old. There is nothing good. Paul said, in my flesh, my old Amalek dwells no good thing. It's a descendant of Esau. It's nothing good in it. Okay? They saved the best, the good. You remember even Satan himself was transformed into what? An angel of light. And don't marvel, he said. No matter what you do, it's not what you do that's your identity. Christ is your identity. And what he's done for you. You know in Numbers 24. 20. He said. Another statement there. He said I want Amalek to be. To perish forever. He wants it. You know why we're going to have a new heaven. And a new earth. Guess. 
there'll be nothing but righteousness there. There will not be one speck of flesh there. Not one speck. Not one DNA. The old is gone, the new will be there. <coughs> what happened to Saul? You know what happened to Adam? The word, by one man's disobedience, that word disobedience means inattentive hearkening. Inattentive. It wasn't the fact that he ate the apple. It was the fact he didn't listen when God said, don't eat the apple. He wasn't paying attention. And by one's obedience, attentive hearkening, many are made righteous. What was Saul's problem? Saul forgot to remember what God told him to do. Why did Saul forget? Because he feared the people. The people wanted to do this. He feared the people. And even after Samuel confronted him, what did he say? He wasn't too concerned about losing the kingdom, but he didn't want to lose face in front of the people. And he said, turn with me so that the people won't know I'm fixing to be rejected. And, And Samuel did turn with him with the elders. And you know, when, when he wouldn't do it, he saw Samuel turned away and he grabbed his garment and ripped it. And, and Samuel said, the Lord's ripped the kingdom from you this day. <clears throat> what happened to Saul? He went back to serving the old. Jealous, fear of rejection, fear of failure. David's killed his, Saul's killed his thousands, David's killed 10,000. Spirit of jealousy. Well, what about Saul? <clears throat> Saul got killed. And guess what killed him? The very thing God told him to go destroy. Go destroy all the Amalekites. When Saul got shot with a spear and he had life within him and this young man come by and he says, who are you? And he says, I'm an Amalekite. And he said, would you finish me off? And he said, I'd be glad to. You know, you may spare the flesh, but the flesh will never spare you. And there's nothing good in it. If you don't get it set, what's for all, there's nothing good in my, in your members dwell no good thing. And the, so he thought he'd done a good thing when he came to David. And David said, how did this happen? He told him. And, and he thought he'd get a reward. He did. He got killed. David cut him up. Because he touched Saul. Now see, when Saul, before Saul died, God left him. And he, he didn't hear from God anymore. And he was frustrated and upset. And he went to the witch at Endor. And she knew that, you know, Saul would kill him, those witches, for practicing witchcraft. And he said, no, I promise to you, I won't touch you if you'll just bring up Samuel. And Samuel came up and Samuel said, what's the problem? He said, God's not listening to me anymore. I need to know what's going on. He said, why would you call me up? You disquieted me from where I'm at since God's departed from you. And one little word I caught that I hadn't caught before. Samuel said, you disobeyed. You didn't listen to what God said. And he says, this day, you and your sons will be with me. He didn't say you'd be in hell. He said, you'll be with me. Saul and his sons was with Samuel in paradise. Did you catch the grace there? See, 
you're saved, you're going to heaven when you die. But if you live in the flesh, you may have a hell of a time getting there. Samuel said, you'll be with me today. Isn't that cool? That's the grace of God. Because God set Saul where he was at and gave him a new heart. What did he do with it? Well, we think of another man. <clears throat> I thought of Moses. You remember when Moses come out? I don't know how Moses. I respect Moses a lot. Had a million griping, complaining people. I don't know how he handled them. He didn't very well. I mean, he did, really. He did. You know, Moses ought to get there just by his works. I mean, he put up with a lot till his father-in-law said, you can't take all this stuff yourself. But, you know, when they went out of water, I think that's in his, uh, Exodus chapter 17. And let's just look at it. <clears throat> oh, thank you, Lord. Here we are. Exodus 17. And all the congregation of the children of Israel journeyed from the wilderness of sin. The wilderness of what? Sin. sin. You got the wilderness of sin down here? After they journeyed according to the commandments of the Lord and pitched in Rephidim, and there was no water for the people to drink. Wherefore the people did chide with Moses and said, Give us water that we may drink. Moses said to them, Why chide ye with me? Wherefore do you tempt the Lord? And the people thirsted there for water. And the people murmured against Moses and said, Where is this that you have brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our cattle with thirst? And Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, What shall I do unto this people? They are almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said to Moses, Go on before the people and take with you the elders of Israel and your rod. Woo, come on now. Wherewith you smote us the river and take your hand and go. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock in Horeb. And you shall smite the rock, and there shall come water out of it. And the people may drink, and Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. And he called the name of the place Massah, Meribah, because the children, chiding of the children of Israel, and because they tempted the Lord, saying, It is, is not the Lord among us. He said, I will stand there. What's interesting is you read 1 Corinthians chapter 6. It says that Christ was a cloud. Christ was the rock that was smote. Christ was symbolic of the rod that smote the rock, and it gave forth water. Okay? Now look, right after that happened, what happened? Then came Amalek immediately, the flesh, and fought with Israel. And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose you out men and go fight with Amalek tomorrow. I will stand on top of the hill, the rod of God in my hand. Now we know all about this story. And Joshua did as Moses had said to him and fought with Amalek, the flesh. Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up on top of the hill. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hands that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hands, Amalek prevailed. Moses' hands were heavy, and they took a stone, put it under him, and, and set it there on, and Aaron and Hur stayed them up, his hands, the one on one side and the other on the other side, and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And Joshua discomforted Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword, and the Lord said to Moses, Write this for a memorial. Say memorial. In a book. Rehearse it. Remember it in the ears of Joshua. For I will utterly put out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. Yes, the flesh. 
And Moses built an altar and called it Jehovah Nisi, the Lord our banner. The banner when he held up the rod of authority. Now, a while ago, you was talking about your arms up. See, as long as you got your arms up, it's the Lord. When you get them down, the enemy attacks. That's why he don't want you to be able to raise your arm. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise. You can't even do this apart from him. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks unto the Lord. By him. For he said, behold, because the Lord has sworn that he will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. What are we warfaring? The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. But there is a warfare in the, in the fleshly part. It goes on every day with every one of us. And God is at war with that thing. Because the enemy is trying to pull you out of your standing with God and pull you back into your position with yourself. And the minute you lose sight of this and start looking this way, you get in trouble. He's the author and finisher of your faith. And you see, so what do we have here? All right, Numbers chapter 20. Once more, there's out of water. And Moses was really getting frustrated now. He was beginning to get upset with all these people. Numbers chapter 20 says, Take the rod and gather the assembled together. Aaron and your brother, and speak ye unto the rock before their eyes, and it will give water. And ye shall bring forth to them water out of the rocks, so that you give to the congregation the beast drink. What happened to Moses? Moses forgot to remember what the Lord said. Moses didn't hear what he said. Moses remembered the time when he hit the rock and it gave forth water. God didn't tell him to hit the rock. God said, speak to the rock. Once the rock is smitten, it don't need to be smitten again. By one offering, he has perfected forever those that are sanctified. No more offering, no more smiting. It's finished. And Moses smote the rock. And Moses said to the people, you rebels, must we bring you water out of this rock? Everybody says Moses didn't get to go in because he hit the rock instead of speaking to it. Well, that's part of it. It's not the real problem. God said, Moses, because you failed to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, you're not going in. What was he saying? Moses wasn't giving God the glory. Moses said, we're going to bring you water. See the difference between the flesh and the spirit? The flesh is always wanting to promote self. God said, because you failed to sanctify me. Lord, have we not done many mighty works in your name? We've cast out devils. We've done all this stuff. Look at all the stuff we've done. We deserve to go in. I never approved you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. See, this was what was the root of, of Moses. He failed to sanctify God and obey what he said to do. Moses forgot to remember what God told him. See, it's important that we remember what God says. Why? When God speaks to you, sometimes you hear a word. What usually comes right after it? Amalek. Amalek. Ask a prophet. God will speak a word, and he speaks that word. But if you're not careful, right after that, you start getting stuff that you know from the flesh. What did God really say? Did God really say this? Hath God said See, so that's, that's where you have to watch it. 
When God speaks, you've got to watch Amalek coming in and try to pull that away from you or add to it or, or something. And so that's what Moses did. You rebels, must we bring you water out of this rock? And this is God's very words. Because you believe me not to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this congregation into the land which I've given them. A large part of the body of Christ today, the church, has dedicated itself in the energy of the flesh to please God. And they that be in the flesh cannot please God. Christ in you, the what? The hope of glory. That's why you've got to put on the whole armor of God and stand against all the wily, fiery darts of the wicked one. And stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has set you free and be not again entangled in the yoke of bondage. It's not those that start the race, but those that finish it. Those that finish it with joy and with purpose. Purpose in your heart. Purpose in your heart to keep him first place. Everything that's going on in the world today, don't get caught up in all that. Look to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. I told my wife, I wish we could jump ahead six months. I dread the next six months with all that's going on on TV. It's nauseating. But remember, our kingdom is not of this world. We're in it, but we're not of it. We are citizens of another kingdom. So stay focused on the kingdom of, of his kingdom, the author and finisher of our faith. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the, what? The shame, the suffering, and sit down at the right hand of the Father. Consider him that endured such contradictions of sinners, lest you be weary and faint in your mind. You've not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin, and you forgot the exhortation that speaks to you as sons, my son, daughter, despise not the chastening of the Lord. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son he receives. But if you don't have chastening, then are you bastards and not sons? Amen? How many of you the Holy Spirit here is to lead us in the right path? We've got to walk in the Spirit, and you'll not what? Fulfill the lust of the flesh. We tried for many years not to fulfill the lust of the flesh, hoping someday to be able to walk in the Spirit. Give me an amen, John. Amen. Did it work? No, it doesn't work. Just stay in union with Him that created you. Stay in union with the Creator. And you know how you stay? Just by being. It's not a striving, not a struggle. We've been reading a book. It's a good book. The vine and the branches. The branches don't do anything but just abide in the vine. The vine does all the work. The branches just sit there and bear fruit so that somebody can come pull it off. And every once in a while, somebody will come pull your fruit off, and it may hurt a little bit, and you may react to it. But the fruit's not for you. It's for others. So don't get too upset when they jerk, jerk your fruit off of you. Just let him grow another one. Freely you receive, freely give. Now, go back and read 1 Corinthians 10. These things are written as examples that we should not do what they did. And it's so easy because the enemy wants to let you forget what he's done for you. I'm telling you something. You know that day I was sitting at the coffee shop 
back there. And I was thinking about the great exchange. And it hit me, the greatest exchange of all is what Jesus gave up to come to make the exchange for us. It broke me to realize what he had to exchange to become man so we could become like him. He became what we were to make us what he is. And he that's forgiven much, what? Loves much. Don't ever get caught up in that striving, struggling thing, trying to please him. Jesus had done nothing. And God said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. What had Jesus done at that time? Just be. He was just being. And immediately he went into the desert to be tempted of the devil for 40 days. I'm not going to quote it, but 1 Corinthians, I mean 1 Peter 4.1. Christ suffered in the flesh. Arm yourselves with the same mind. For he that suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. That he should no longer live the rest of his life in the servitude of sin, but in the power of God. So, we were crucified with him that that body of sin might be unemployed. Keep it unemployed. Amen? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for your word, and we just thank you, Lord. We have many examples of what not to do. And, Father, we thank you that we are living by the obedience of the Son of God that loved you and gave himself for you and for us. And, Father, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Remember. Oh, prayer tonight. I knew this meant something. Remember. This means prayer tonight, 6 o'clock. Okay. I thought she wanted to pray. I didn't know what it was. All right, you're dismissed.